In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this. I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you would like to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, scroll down on the right side of the page, and we're streaming live. Second video down, you have to hit the green play button to watch it, but do that and uh, blow it up on your device, however big your device is, from TV to you know handheld device, whatever, and then uh, be sure to jump over to Rumble. Uh, that is our flagship now, so to speak. Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Subscribe to the page and you can join us in the chat over there. We're also on beforeitsnews.com, top of the page right there. Also, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, as well as Twitch at Setting Brush Fires. And we're also on Roku. You guys got a Roku device, uh, Cutting Edge TV. We're on there. We appreciate all those guys carrying us out on the airwaves over there. Right above where we're streaming live is Bradley's show from the previous day. Uh, click onto that, and you can see that up until 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. At that time, he goes live, so you can catch that right there on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. You get one email from us a day, and that includes the Morning Show Archive. So everything we're going to talk about today will be in a nice, neat little package, like in an article format. You get it in video, you get it in podcast, and then you get all the documents, the videos, anything that we're referencing in this show, you'll get it there at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And uh, finally, if you agree with our message, we never ask you for money, but people say, how can we help you? Well, first of all, pray for us. That's that's one of the big things. And then if you want to help us financially do all the things that we do on radio, on Internet, and across the 50 states as we go in there and teach our Christian constitutional heritage, there's a donate button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. That link is also available. And then our store is available. A lot of these products are things that you guys have requested. So we put them together for you guys in order to help you, uh, you know, work in the area. The Lord's got you, your sphere of influence, great conversation starters and equipping tools. And this week we're highlighting the you can run winter cap. Now that's what they call them up north. Down south, we call them toboggans. <laughs> okay. I know up north, you guys ride toboggans like sleds. We put them on our heads instead. <laughs> Normally these are a donation of $10 get you these, but this week only through Saturday at midnight, you can get 20% off with the promo code winter 20. Winter 20, the number 20, not not the thing in all one all one word, in the checkout. When you go to the store, you can pick these up. And these things, trust me, you don't want to wear one inside because you will sweat. But they will keep your head warm when you go outside and it's cold. Okay? All right. So we've got two special guests this morning uh, from the U.K. And um, one is new a new friend of Kate. You've heard Kate speak about her on the show uh, over the past couple of weeks. And uh, so give me a moment. Let me give a little introduction here with a biography so that you guys understand who these people are and why uh, what they have to say is so important. Michelle Young was born in the world of business, a visionary and entrepreneur with an eye for detail and flair for anticipating trends before they occur. I wish I had that. 
a very shrewd businesswoman in her own right, Michelle ran a successful fashion business and on meeting her late husband, Scott, in 1988, went on to run other successful ventures. In 2007, Michelle's marriage to Scott started to show signs that things were not right. This culminated in divorce proceedings uh, with Michelle winning each and every application she made of the merits of the arguments she put before the high court in London. In 2010, Scott engineered his own bankruptcy, entered David Ingram of Grant Thornton, who was allegedly appointed by Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs as Scott's trustee in bankruptcy. In 2013, Michelle won a significant judgment in her favor at the High Court in London, requiring Scott to pay £26.6 million uh, pounds plus 50% of the matrimonial estate, estimated to be worth somewhere in the region of £4 billion. Pounds. On, a, on the 8th of December 2014, within a year of the divorce settlement being handed down by the High Court in London, Scott was found dead in circumstances which, although claimed to be an accident at the time, were more in keeping with a finding of unlawful killing than suicide. In July 2015, David Ingram of Grant Thornton unlawfully bankrupted Michelle, appointing Paul Allen of FRP Advisory as her purported trustee in bankruptcy. And during their marriage, Michelle and Scott were very successful in the high-tech industries and had a portfolio of high-net-worth properties. Michelle started her now extensive investigations into the mech. Uh, me Mechanations, I, I hope I said that correctly, and fraud in the family and uh, insolvency courts covering a 15-year period and culminating in the setting up of the Great Insolvency Scam campaign and website. Also joining us is Anthony Stansfield. He was born in Newbury and West Berks. He ha has been his home all his life and was a member of the, um, one to say, the I'm hoping I say this right, Tim's, not Thames. That's the way I want to say it as a Southern boy, but Tim's Valley Police Authority. I'll let him correct me in a minute if I'm wrong. For several years, taking over as a chairman of the Performance Committee in 2011, he has also been vice chairman of the Audit, Governance, and Risk Committee. Anthony has had a career in both the military and in industry. He enlisted in the Army at 17. He joined the Royal Green Jackets and saw active service in Borneo and Northern Ireland. He learned to fly helicopters at Middle Wallop, getting an alarm here, uh, Middle Wallop, and commanded various Army Air Corps squadrons, including the Army helicopters in the Falkland Islands in the latter half of 1982. He spent two years as Chief of Staff Intelligence in the Far East, and on leaving the Army, he was uh, marketing and then for six years, Managing Director of the aircraft company Pilatus Britain Norman, which had aircraft in over 100 countries. At the same time, he commanded the Army Reserve helicopters as a TA officer. All three UK armed services used the aircraft he produced, and the Defender 4000, which he brought into service, is the last fully certified aircraft produced in the UK. While in the Army, he spent four months carrying out the reconnaissance for the crossing of the Darien Gap in Panama and Colombia, and led the first stage of Operation Raleigh, taking young people through the jungles of Honduras and Belize. He was for eight years a trustee of the Thames Valley Air Ambulance. He has an MSc and studied international terrorism and global security in depth at university. That was a lot to say all in one thing. And there's been several things that he's done in the last nine years that didn't make it into here. Uh, and he and I'll let him add on to that what he will. Michelle and Anthony, great to have you on the Sons of Liberty. Oops, I put you on the wrong place there. Good morning. Tim, it's an absolute honor. Thank you ever so much. Anthony and I are about justice and the truth and God and country. Amen. Amen. Now, Anthony, before we go on, there was one little thing you sent me in the email and I didn't get to it. Do you want to tell people that little tidbit, what went on in the nine years and, and how you're involved in that now? Uh, yes, one of the things that um, I, I ran one of the biggest uh, police forces in the United Kingdom. I didn't run it operationally, but I was the um, person behind it. I ran the budget and everything like that, and I had overall control. Um, one of the things we investigated was a major fraud at one of our banks. Um, it was HBOS Bank um, out of Reading. It had been turned down by two other police forces had refused to investigate it. Our serious fraud office had failed to investigate it. Um, and Thames Valley eventually took the case on. Um, it was a fraud we prosecuted on 245 million. Um, it was a fraud approaching a, a billion, uh, so one and a quarter a billion dollars out of one branch of one bank. Um, 
we eventually, it, it cost us a huge amount of money. Um, the owner of the bank, Lloyds Bank, resisted at practically every stage to, be, um, to help us in the prosecution. They wouldn't admit that there was even a fraud until the jury returns its verdict. The six defendants went down for a total of, I think it was about 49 years in prison, which were the heaviest sentences, um, I think, ever for fraud. But what became apparent to me was that it was the tip of an iceberg, that the same scams on, on a bigger scale were also being perpetrated out of other banks. And absolutely none of this is investigated. And in the UK, I think you're much better at it in America. We have a complete hole in the system about investigating fraud. Police forces don't have the expertise or the knowledge or indeed the money to take on major banks who have unlimited deep pockets. Our serious fraud office is far too small, and our national crime agency really does has hardly any capacity or capability to investigate fraud. So at the high level, fraud goes really uninvestigated and unpunished in the United Kingdom, and some of our banks have had a very easy ride on this, and they've allowed it to go on, and in fact have been totally complicit in it themselves at the highest board level. And it's a scandal that needs sorting out in the United Kingdom. Thank you. Yeah, well, I agree. And I, I'm learning even now how the banks and hedge funds and all these other things are committing tremendous fraud on the people based off their birth certificate. So I'm 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 getting a grasp of just how big it is and how nobody seems to want to touch that. Now, Michelle, we bring you on because you've been fighting this for, for some time now, several years, and the situation with your ex-husband, who's who's now deceased and everything. Why don't you give people a little flavor? I mean, I'm kind of touching on it in your biography. Give people a little flavor of what went on uh, leading up to your your divorce and then the, this, this, the arrangements, the settlements that were there, and then how basically you had attorneys and such come in and just sweep everything away from you and your children. Yeah, th- thank you, Tim. Basically, Tim, I've done 16 extensive years research into the financial crimes. And going backwards, you know, I was married for and with my husband for 20 years. We have two beautiful daughters who are grown up. And what I realized from the first day I ever walked into the family courts, it wasn't a court of justice. It's racketeering where from day one, you have a for me. So... The courts have an idea of, of the wealth of each family from that for me, or if the, the other side, the husband or wife, are hiding the assets, you know, but you get a pretty good idea. And basically what they do is they target you. So it doesn't matter how much you're worth, and the more you're worth, the more they target you. So I had many years going up to 2013, starting in 2007, in the family courts, I secured on the merits of the case three lots of litigation funding. I found out one of the funding documents, my husband was behind it, and the lawyer that stole the estate was behind one of the funding agreements. And basically, it's just... An absolute nightmare what they're doing to families. Um, sorry, there's someone coming through, right? Can okay. you still hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes, sorry. Um, what they're, they're doing, the family courts and the insolvency courts, it's racketeering. They are asset stripping people on the family's wealth. And the lawyers are in collusion with a lot of the judges. I'm not saying it's all the judges. I'm not saying it's all the law firms. But it's happening a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, here's, here's something for our listeners. Uh, we have, you know, uh, Kate Shimrani, who's our health and wellness expert. She comes on on Saturdays. And she's, uh, I believe, recently become good friends with you back and forth. Uh, you guys have um, some mutual things uh you know, that are, that are, uh, that you have in common. And one of those things, just so people know, especially with what's going on right now, is the barrister that she had in her case here recently that she fired, 
was also involved with you, uh, Mr. Bullock. And I wonder, could you kind of elaborate a little bit on that before we get too deep into uh, the other things as to this connection that you have with Kate, who's connected with the Sons of Liberty? Can you can you elaborate a little bit on that as to how Mr. Bullock was involved with with what went on with you? Yes, sure. I mean, he he um, he approached me through some another person that I was working with within the truth movement. And he basically said to me, I know an intelligence firm who've had great success and I can bring them on board with to help you recover your estate. So Robert Bullock arranged a meeting with these people and they took my documentary evidence. They took 15,000, which, you know, is a lot of money for me, especially, you know, under the circumstances of what the courts have done to me. So I managed to fund that. and. They said it shouldn't take long. And, you know, I offered them a percentage as well of, of the assets they found, with including Robert Bullock. It, anyway, this went on for two years and there was no recovery. So after two years, I said to Robert Bullock, look, they've taken my money. They've not done any work. I said, I want my hard drives back. So he then said, you know, I'll arrange a meeting with you with them and they then agreed to give me my hard drives back I copied Anthony into an email with another friend of mine who's ex-metropolitan police I said I want my hard drives returned immediately Robert Bullock made sure he took possession of those hard drives rather than them being sent back to me and then tried to extort further money from me and he arranged another meeting with one of these ex-intelligence officers, I think it was MI5 or MI6, and said, you're never going to get your hard drives back and you're never going to receive any money from your estate. So I, I pushed and pressured Robert Bullock and this intelligence firm and copied in Anthony and my other friend who was ex-Metropolitan Police and eventually got the hard drives back. Um, but what he also did, because at that time I didn't realise he was on the dark side. So I basically arranged previously, because I set up this Michelle Young Foundation where I help mothers and who have been left destitute through the rigged family courts. And so I, I have lots of women who know my heart's in the right place. They come to me for help. So before I knew he was going to do this, I recommended another lady who'd been left in the same terrible financial position, had everything unlawfully stolen through the family courts. She managed to secure money, paid the same intelligence firm, paid Robert Bullock, and then they did exactly the same to her. They took her money and literally did zero. So when I got my hard drives back, um, I found out, you know, recently that he'd also extorted 70,000 from Kate, and he's run off basically with her money. Yes. Yeah, and, and she's also said that uh, he has made some comments that shouldn't be going on uh, between uh, a, a, a barrister and his client. Uh, did you have some of that go on as well with, with Robert? He was He was absolutely monstrous. I mean, what he did, because Anthony, obviously being a good standing human being, he, he, you know, I copied Anthony into an email to say, I want my hard drives back. He then basically reported Anthony to Thames Valley's police to say that he was getting involved in my case personally after he'd unlawfully taken these hard drives and tried to extort further money from me and threatened wow. me. Wow. And the, guy, and the guy is still doing whatever he's doing there. Okay, so I want to get that out of the way so that people who listen here, they know Kate, and they'll see the connection here that, that there's something going on there with an attorney. So let, let's go a little further here. How did things really come about? Because you, you obviously had a, 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 a divorce that took place, and uh, you're trying to settle out the estate and things of this nature. And your late ex-husband, all of a sudden, you discover that 
he has been fell from a window four stories up onto some railing uh, and killed. And he had been seeing another woman. And I looked through some some of the uh, articles and things that said that they were they were they were split, but yet they were supposed to be sharing this particular flat. Can you tell us what went on at that time and why it was so what the problems were, why the police let her in there, allegedly shredding documents and things of this nature and how that might tie into what what led to what you're dealing with now? What I'm going to do now, Tim, I'm now going to reverse backwards to when this okay. fraud all started. You know, as I said, we were happily married, both entrepreneurs, visionaries, and a particular lawyer called Stephen David Jones of Gyra House Capital. I found out he'd previously stolen another very valuable estate. I found that out a few years after all of this, obviously. But Stephen David Jones, he was the one that orchestrated the restructuring of the assets during divorce proceedings. And he set up a power of attorney, which I've given you that document, which I'm happy for you to share with your viewers. And that's how the whole fraud started. So he said to Scott, basically, you know, if we set up and um, um, engineer these bankruptcies, these debts, apologies, these debts, then you won't have to pay her anything. So he then moved all the assets offshore through these, the restructuring of engineered debts. So I then fought the battle in the courts because I saw how many families across this country are being defrauded through the family courts and that the family courts, this is what makes the whole system so corrupt. They ignore the law and they ignore the evidence. And perjury is never dealt with in a family court. Well, how can you go to a court that doesn't deal with perjury? Yeah. And then what they and then the advisors hide behind legal privilege. So during my investigation, Tim, I had one documentary maker come to me and I'd had several women that had all, all been left destitute through the family courts. So she phoned five magic circle family law firms and said, you know, what's happening to mainly mothers with their children being left destitute? Why are they not getting justice? Those five family law firms said, if we change the law, we wouldn't have a business. So it's racketeering. This is purposely orchestrated. So whatever you're worth, they realize the value of what you're worth, and then they drag it out till you have no money left. Yeah. Now, here, here's they, the thing. That's what they're doing in family calls. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, Michelle. And, and I, I'll just say this because I know there's probably going to be some of these guys that you're naming who are involved in this listening. I want them to hear something. God is a father of the fatherless and a protector of widows. Okay. He's not, he sees what you guys are doing and you're going to answer to him for it. Um, and he teaches us to take care of widows. In fact, it, it, the only time really you see religion used in the scriptures is in James one twenty seven. It says, pure and undefiled religion is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So God has a heart for widows. Um, so, uh, you know, you're you're on your own. I don't know if some people would consider it widows since there's a divorce, but I would definitely consider it that. And I think God does see what's going on and he does want justice. He requires that of us. So when they do these kinds of things, how do you, how do you seek to get justice here when the, when the system that's set up that is supposed to be the justice system won't give it to you, but it looks like they're in collusion with the criminals who are out to rob you? Or would this be a question better for Anthony than you? I, I don't know. Anthony, would you like to answer that? It's very difficult. I mean, one of the biggest problems we have in the United Kingdom is we run all these cases through civil courts rather than through criminal courts. And the problem with this is that we do, do seem to have some very conflicted, I think is putting it politely, courts, courts in the civil matters. I think our criminal courts are absolutely straightforward. But you find um, that you know the judges come from the same chambers as the barristers come from, and certain judges seem to be pushed into certain cases. 
and the same judges' names can come up in in, in, in numerous cases. So there is something deeply wrong with the way we push these through civil courts. And of course, if forgery is involved or uh, documents are forged and it is clear fraud, then they shouldn't be going through civil courts. But the lawyers involved, and it's the same big London chambers every time, do absolutely everything to make sure they go through a civil court, not a criminal court. And of course, the trouble is the banks uh, and the bigger currency companies have unlimitedly deep pockets. They can afford to appeal and appeal uh, any, um, any judgment. And most of the people who've been defrauded and had all their money taken away from them are in no position to actually fight a case in a civil court. They simply haven't got the money to do so. So basically, they lose their homes, their houses and everything else. And something is very rotten within our system. I mean, I'm not in, um, in any way know much about the American system. But I mean, you've had some massive cases in some of your banks. In fact, the biggest when the US banks tried very much what the UK banks have done, I think they were fined 25 billion, which was about the heaviest fine ever imposed in America. Um, and you get these cases through courts very quickly. In this country, they drag on for years because they go through civil courts. They don't go through criminal courts. And um, we have to make more of an effort in this country with forged documents that are clearly forged to make sure that they do go through proper criminal courts and in front of a jury and let the people decide whether these people are corrupt or not. But in civil courts, it all comes down to the judge usually. And you are up against very expensive lawyers and you haven't really got a hope. And I see this time and time again. So I, I hope we get round to sorting this out. Well, how? let me ask you this, because uh, there was some documentation, Michelle, you sent over to uh, where you're dealing with Cressa de Dick over there. And that's she's part of the issue that uh, Kate and him are dealing with also now. And I guess the question is, I, I, maybe I'm asking a foolish question here, but you you presented this stuff to the police. Why will they not... Uh, you know, treat this as a crime. I mean, this this is a pretty serious crime. And by the way, Andy, you were talking about the banks paying out these fines. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but but those that they've harmed don't get the money. It's government that gets the money, and I I think that's a racket in itself too. Well, my police force did take on uh, did take on a massive fraud. I'd say the biggest fraud that's been prosecuted, I think, ever in this country, and we won the convictions and. Um, Really, through gritted teeth of the bank, Lloyd's, that was involved, we have got compensation for a great number of the victims, but not all of them. Every case has to be fought. And we have some quite you know, powerful, well-known personalities who are taken to bits like this, people like Noel Edmonds, who was a, a big television personality. And he got his compensation. So we did get compensation, and it did work. But we were a very big police force, and I said it cost us £7 million to bring the prosecution. When Lloyds were eventually fined £45 million for this by um, the Financial Conduct Authority, that money didn't revert to Thames Valley Police and other police forces to fight fraud. It went straight back into the Treasury. And one of the unfortunate things, of course, is the government, you know, you and me and everybody, we own large proportions of these banks. I think we still own about half of the Royal Bank of Scotland and about a quarter of, the, uh, uh, of Lloyds Bank. Um, and so there was a tremendous desire not to rock the boat on this, in spite of the victims being all over the country. Um, and most police forces, of course, are simply not big enough. They don't have the money to take on a bank. Um, the banks are enormously rich, and police forces, with all their other commitments, with you know, it's domestic abuse, sexual crimes, burglaries, and hate crime, and so forth, simply do not have either the capacity or the capability to take on frauds. So it falls between uh, the floorboards. Nothing is done about it. And this is the problem we have in the United Kingdom at the moment. So, Michelle, what what is – help me understand here. You you obviously won your, your, the things that you were doing. Um, how, did, how then did all of that just disappear? I mean, you're saying these guys worked with him – did these guys end up taking what was supposed to be left to you and to, and to your girls? Well, well, it's even worse than that, Tim, because the judge at the final hearing, a Mr. Justice Philip Moore, 
after a four-week trial, ignored the irrefutable evidence, which I'd secured from three or four hard drives, which was in black and white, that we owned the estate. Then he slapped me as a conspiracy theorist, put that across the mainstream media. And the lawyer, Stephen David Jones of Jarrah House Capital, who clearly stole the estate within that documentation, he cleared his name. That same lawyer has now, because he, the family court judge who's got blood on his hands, cleared his name, has now stolen several other estates, which we now have evidence of, which I believe it's God's timing, Tim, because it's now being exposed that not only was that judgment unlawful and that that judge ignored the evidence and branded me a conspiracy theorist with that evidence that went right the way through the mainstream media, but the family court judge, because it was a public case, because I, I was one of the people through their mainstream media, which we know is owned and controlled through six corporations, the mainstream media opened up my case as a public case in the family courts, which we know are secretive courts. So those judges and law firms, did ne they've never wanted those cases to be heard, or my case or any case, publicly. So I was punished from, with that, with what he did to me on my judgment at the end by ignoring the evidence. But that, that particular lawyer, Stephen David Jones, is now being prosecuted by many other families who he's stolen estates from. But I blame the family court judge, Tim, because he's got blood on his Amen. hands to have allowed that to continue after the evidence I showed. And I've got a group of other mothers, Tim, one lady in particular, she'd been married 20 years like myself. She was thrown out of her home after a 20-year marriage with just the clothes on her back, and she hasn't seen her three children for two years. She's, she's, complete, she's thought about suicide. And this is happening across this country where those courts, and it's not just happening to women, it's happening to men as well, where they play men and women against each other's mothers and fathers and use the children as pawn, these family courts, unlawfully. And then what they quite often do, like they've done to me and many other families, they then throw them into the bankruptcy courts where they finish them off to steal everything they owned. And bankruptcy is a license to steal. I will come on to that now because there's a lot of positive things now happening, Tim. I've, I've been investigating with some really great people across this country, the bankruptcy frauds, which, you know, we've called it the great insolvency scam. So I've spent the last seven, eight months with an, a great ex-metropolitan policeman called Michael O and two fantastic researchers on legal matters who have researched. And we spent those several months proving that nine cases the bankruptcy documents are false instruments. With something called Trust Online, we can show on those nine cases that there are no judgments or debts against any of our names. And this is documents they've provided us, and the court documents are fraudulent. Now, this is the great work that Anthony's done. He's working with someone called Julian Watts, who has now got 700 cases of these same fraudulent court documents where they're asset stripping we the people across the UK. The positive side to all of this, and I think this is where this becomes biblical, I have a criminal barrister and she has a conscience, Tim. She has never Amen. lost in a criminal private prosecution. And she's going to take at least two of the cases into the criminal courts and ask these insolvency practitioners for the original court documents, which do not exist. So once that's rubber stamped in the criminal courts, that will help everyone else across the country with this insolvency fraud, which, as we all know what's happening worldwide, this has become a national security matter that they are being allowed to asset strip people through insolvency fraud. So that will actually help everyone to, to receive justice 
once that's rubber stamped in the criminal courts and they have nowhere to go to because my experience through litigation has taught me how to keep things so simple that the other side will not be able to bring in loads of documents to set this aside. It's so simple. And I believe this is a right time now. This is God's timing to make this happen. Well, one of the things, too, is, you know, when you're talking about uh, all of this happening and some people hear some of the numbers that I quoted before of the estate, you know, that, that you're entitled to. One of the things that we talked about just before we came on the show was this affects people that don't have a lot of money. This affects, you know, people who might be in, say, my money bracket or whatever uh, of what they're doing because they're doing it through the family courts. And the courts are 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 not bringing justice, and, and the family courts here in the United States don't do any, much any better. In fact, they do a lot of uh, injustice, and a lot of it happens with stealing people's children and then trying to farm them out to foster care or something worse or adoption or any of this other stuff. So I I, I want people to understand just because it happened to you, who who you're a, a fluent woman, doesn't mean it's not happening to other people. You know, just the average Joe out there, too. It, it matters to them. And I think this is why you're talking about it's a national security issue, uh, because it is impacting so many families in uh, what's going on. I was going to show this uh, brief thing that Anthony sent over. This is the high level fraud uh, document that he's put together. And by the way, folks, we'll, we'll be putting these on the morning show archive so that you guys can read them. If you're interested in this topic here, especially if you're our friends in the U.K., uh, and you want to read through some of these things, as well as the documents that Michelle has sent over, which she's got a plethora of them. Uh, I told her we'll put them out there so people can see it. She's very, trying to be very transparent about this because justice needs to be brought. Now, here's a question I had, uh, Michelle, as I was looking through some of your documents, as I read some of the articles that 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 came out at the time. And there was one particular one uh, that came on a, a, a small blog. And this was um, it's called here's the situation. And they had several things that they they had posted surrounding your your uh, late ex-husband's death. And one of the things that I noticed was they were mentioning that a couple of years prior to this or something, he had been there were rumors that he had been dangled off of a balcony. And it seems to be that he was tied with some. Russian mob or something. I don't know what the case is. I, 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 would you like to clarify what that is and how what all transpired leading up to this? Because I'm wondering if these guys have something to do with the situation you're facing today. Well, I, I think the whole thing was it was all orchestrated propaganda, Tim. You think about it. If you're going to steal an estate that's worth a lot of money, wouldn't you have a very good mainstream media PR campaign to discredit the evidence? and to discredit the family, to make it look like it was. There is no evidence within any of my documents that my husband had anything to do with Russian mafia. Okay, It's, it's the same as the president, Donald Trump, who I believe is still the president because that was election fraud. They use the Russian collusion story with him. Yep. And the same people, BuzzFeed, who, who use that same propaganda through the mainstream media has done the same to President Donald Trump. And that was election fraud, let's be frank. And that I think what they do is they target people who, who, are, who want truth and justice for we the people across this world. And what is happening in those courts needs to be fully exposed. And the positive thing is, Tim, the criminal private prosecutions, and particularly my barrister who has a conscience who's never lost, this will help everyone from all different walks of life across this country. And I think what's really important here are these fraudulent court documents are going to be just the tip of the iceberg because I believe they'll be using fraudulent court documents throughout the system with all the other crimes against humanity. And that's why this is so important to bring this to social media where there's no reporting restrictions and cover-ups. Okay. All right. Thank you for clarifying that. I, I I can see how they would do that. They would give you, they would give the misdirection over here while they're 
you know, they're like the magician. Look at my right hand. I'm doing the trick over here in my left hand. I, I get that. I get the diversion there. I appreciate you speaking out on that. So what, I mean, obviously uh, what happened with, with Scott though, is what ends up bringing all this about. And is there any, is there any indication of what really happened to him that I guess kind of start, well, it didn't really start at the ball rolling. He was doing this. He was already working through some things uh, to keep you from getting part of the estate, right? That's what you were saying at the first. Exactly. And you've got to remember, okay. it, it was the same lawyer, this Stephen David Jones, who stole many other estates. I believe what happened, they sent in a honey trap who was Noel Reno, whose previous boyfriend was Matthew Mellon of the banking empire. He also disappeared. His estate disappeared. And the same happened with Scott. Is that a coincidence? Or is that, you know, you could call it, is, is it a conspiracy theory? No, because Stephen David Jones and Noel Reno, we have irrefutable evidence. She was setting up companies with this particular lawyer before and after Scott's death. I only do factual evidence, Tim. And that's what I have in evidence. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I had read that too, where she was working with the attorneys to do that do this kind of stuff too. Um there was some other people that surrounded or that were friends of Scott's that had died in a short period of time too. And I'm I'm wondering, I mean, in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, are all of these people somehow tied together and they're shutting down people from you know, giving the word out of what, what's actually going on with this insolvency scam? Well, you've got to look at it, Tim. We, you've seen the emails, which I'm happy for you to share online, from yes. to Cressida Dick with the document. Cressida Dick has never, ever investigated this major fraud and this murder. When it was clear, as you quite rightly said, they've used insolvency fraud to steal the estate. And, and why, why was she never investigated? Why was Noel Reno... 20 minutes after Scott was found dead, she was the last person to see him alive. Why did the police allow her to go into that apartment and then shred all the evidence? She should have been held in, you know, and, and, and questioned. You were the last one to see, see him alive. You can't go back in that apartment. Why was she allowed to go back in there and to shred all the evidence? Well, the the obvious question is why you know why are they not treating her as some kind of um, uh, you know a, a person of interest in this in this issue of his death, and then of with the knowledge that she's been working you know to set up other things prior to his death, why is she not a person of interest? Why why is she not uh, have been arrested or being questioned? I mean, more than what it seems like she was. It seems like they hardly even touched her. They've not only hardly touched her, she's now flying around in private jets, living the life of, you know, this wonderful lifestyle while me and my children have been left destitute. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. Uh, Anthony, let me get on to you for a second over there. He's still working. We're going to interrupt him for just a little bit. But Anthony, what do you what do you make out of this this young lady that uh, that Michelle's talked about and Noel? Uh, what do you see in that? Well, I, I don't know a great deal of detail about it, but what does seem very odd indeed um, was that the police investigation appears to be entirely perfunctory. Um, I gather um, that this lady said that he'd rung her up um, that she and told her she, he was going to commit suicide, and the police said, where is your mobile telephone? And I'm very sorry, I flushed it down the lavatory which doesn't seem very plausible and very convenient to me. But it was interesting that when it went up in front of the coroner, the police having said it was suicide, the coroner refused to record a verdict of suicide, and he recorded an open verdict, which is not very usual, I think, is the best way of putting it. So I, 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 there is something very odd about this whole uh, uh, suicide or murder. And said I don't believe it was ever investigated. And I think it does beg the question, why wasn't it investigated properly? So, so basically what we're looking at is we're looking at a serious organized crime syndicate there. The banks are involved. They, I mean, from what it appears, they even, you know, to use your term, uh, Michelle, honey, honey pots that they're putting out there. 
Um, they're also possibly involving Hitman. Uh, if if his death isn't a suicide, then somebody obviously had to kill him. So this is this is much bigger than just they're stealing a few nickels and dimes from people, or in your case, billions of dollars worth of estate. They're they're actually engaged in murderous practices. I mean, that seems like that that's what's going on here. Well, what else is interesting, Tim? The bankruptcy trustee, where Stephen David Jones orchestrated and engineered the bankruptcy in 2010, where I was winning all my applications in the family courts, that same bankruptcy trustee, um, David Ingram of, of Grant Thornton, was held in Dubai a couple of years ago under house arrest on another insolvency fraud to do with VAT. Now, what's interesting, where we're investigating insolvency frauds, you think about it. If you're stealing assets through insolvency, you wouldn't be registered for VAT, would you? Because if you was registered for VAT, you'd have to show the assets you're stealing. Yep. Yep, that's that's very interesting. Let me ask you this, Michelle, uh, because this was some things that Kate was communicating to me. And you know how Kate has been maligned in the press over just speaking Terrible. the truth. It isn't even a thing of somebody stealing her stuff. Well, I guess the issue with the attorney is maybe come to some of that. But it's been over just speaking the truth out about what's going on. Did you have did you have the media come and attack you over what you were yes. trying to do? Yes. Yes, Tim. I mean, I was on trial not only with the rigged family courts and insolvency courts, but by the mainstream media because I was working for we the people for justice. So I was attacked. And we know it's a fact that the mainstream media is owned by six corporations. Yep. And those six corporations are what, fu what help fund the banking cartel and the big pharma. Wow. This is it's just interesting what sort of a small world it is and how all of these things are are, are taking place. Now, let me ask you this. What's going on today? What you know, this has been what, 2014 or so. What's going on today as far as the push forward, uh, what you guys are doing right there? What What is the next step that you guys are looking to do? And can I just also make another point, sure. Tim, that she, which you Regarding the family courts, over the many years of my investigation, as you quite rightly said, they're not just stealing assets from families, but they're also stealing children unlawfully. Because I yep. had lots of mothers and fathers come to me where their children are being taken. Um, but going forward now, I'm, I think we're in the most exciting place. And I'd like to also say publicly how Anthony, who's now retired, Tim, he is such a hero. He's helping so many families across this country who, like myself, have been abused financially by this corrupt system. And the work that Anthony's done is just hmm. exceptional. He's gone to the Treasury. He's gone to every government body and fought for we the people. So I just want everyone to know what a hero Anthony is. Amen. Amen. Well, and he's he's jumped right on here and he continues to work and he's he's doing the interview and well spoken to Anthony, by the way. And uh, so, Anthony, what what are what is the next process that you're going to be at? You've done all this stuff that Michelle's praised you for here. What's the next step that, that you guys have set up to do uh, with regard to her particular case? Um, well, I, I think it, it's proceeding. Um it's difficult um, to finance a major case like this, but it needs to go through the criminal courts. Um, and I think the evidence in her case is fairly clear. Where did the money go to? I mean, there, there is a clear list uh, of all the assets, the properties owned and everything. Well, some of them may have been on a bit of borrowed money, but the vast majority of it appears to be completely owned by um, Michelle and her husband. Um, where did the money go? Did it all end up in the Bahamas, the Cayman Islands? And it must have been laundered a great deal of, uh, of the money. Um, it went into nominee bank accounts and then just disappeared into nice Caribbean islands, as far as one can make out. And I think even a simple investigation by Manchester's Revenue and Customs would unearth an absolute mass of you know, malpractice of where the money went. 
Um, and said, Michel's case is just one of, uh, I believe, probably running into thousands. I mean, the cases that were given to the National Crime Agency, um, it was 700 criminal cases, but they involved a hell of a lot more than 700 individuals and companies, um, where it's quite clear forged documents were used to bring a company down. And I think one of the techniques that has been used, there are a number of techniques, but if a company is worth, say, £100 million, and a bank lends it £10 million, they wait, or they did, this certainly was going on about 10 years ago, on a large scale, they wait uh, until that money is well committed into R&D or new buildings or something like that. And then the bank is able to recall the loan and no notice. And, of course, the money is committed, and the company can't suddenly raise the money £10 million. So they're immediately made insolvent, and then the assets are divided up between the bank, the accountancy companies, and the insolvency practitioners, as far as one can make out. And they then go for the bank guarantees um, given by the directors of the companies. And, I mean, it is madness that you can recover from a company vastly more than they could ever possibly have owed you. And this isn't just uh, companies. This is also individuals as well. And as I said, it has gone on on a monumental scale. And the National Crime Agency, which has a full investigation team that you can fit into a small telephone box, it's tiny, has simply not investigated. It has sat on these cases now for over two years, which I find utterly extraordinary. But there the needs to be a proper inquiry. You had one in America on this. And in Australia, they were doing exactly the same scam. They've had a royal commission. A number of people have gone to prison. And the compensations are huge. Why is it not happening in the United Kingdom? I, I find it extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, we're up about a minute to the end of the show. And I don't. do you need more time? If you need more time, we'll continue on on the other side. I, I would actually also like to say, Tim, okay. um, I've been working with two great mainstream journalists who have investigated the financial crimes and also an accountant as well who's a whistleblower. What happened, Grant Thornton, which I believe is a Rothschild company, in 2000, you know, in in the late 80s, they privatised the insolvency service. Grant Thornton brought in 300 official receivers. Those 300 official receivers are the ones that across this country have been asset stripping the people. Why hasn't Grant Thornton ever been, not only in my case, one of the cases of nine, the other lady has had everything asset stripped by Grant Thornton and FRP. Why haven't Grant Thornton ever been investigated? Who is auditing the auditors? Yeah. Michelle, hang on for just a second. Let me close out the show. Hang on. We'll continue on the other side. You guys on Red State Talk Radio, join us on sonsoflibertymedia.com. Second video down on the right or before it's news.com, top of the page. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. And Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning at 6 a.m. bright and early. Lord willing, see you. Thank you, Tim. Yep, you're welcome. And uh, okay, so let's pick up from here. Uh, you, I didn't mean to cut you off right there at the end. You were asking about this guy Thornton, and uh, and if you want to continue that thought, I'll let you do that. And then I have another question for you. Um, well, well, basically, we're in such a a bad financial position worldwide, and a lot of this asset stripping through the financial crimes is being done through insolvency, and that's why it's a national security issue. Tim, because this is happening across the world. And these insolvency practitioners who are part of this with the banks, the accountancy firms, this the very simple way to end this, and this is where we're going next. We're taking this into a criminal private prosecution, and we're going to ask a very simple question through my barrister. Where are the original bankruptcy court documents? They don't exist. And this is what's going to blow open this whole insolvency fraud. And that's, that's where we're going to next. And I think it's really exciting to actually, after 16 extensive years, and, you know, they have taken me to hell and back. But I, I'm determined, not just for me and my family, but for the, all the other families across this country, 
through these two major frauds, which are the family court frauds and the insolvency court frauds, to stop this injustice to, for every family. How dare they unlawfully steal from hardworking people that have worked all their lives and then think they can throw them under the bus through judicial corruption and also institutional fraud with government? Yeah, well, I'll just tell you, I've done several shows on banks and usury. You know, the Bible condemns that. Um, uh-huh. and, and that's all they, that's all they do is they take advantage of people. Everybody thinks they're helping them out, but they're really taking advantage of the people and what they do. So I'm right there with you. Um, now here's the question. Uh, Anthony was saying it's, it's a lot of money to do what you're doing. Uh, but the results could be tremendous. And a lot of families get back things, you know, over the long term here, get back things that were stolen from them. Is there, do you have uh, some kind of fund set up that people can help? Maybe they're in the UK, maybe they're in the United States, wherever that they can help in the process of seeing justice be brought about in this situation? What I would like to do, Tim, I, I set something up called the Michelle Young Foundation and it's a website, but I need someone technical to help me with that. And I need, we obviously need that funded because what I'd like to be able to do, because in, in, in England, we don't have where people that haven't got any money, they have, there's no way of them getting justice. So if we, what I'd like to do is, is set up the Michelle Young Foundation. So it's a foundation for we the people where we could have some kind of vehicle where we can raise funding to help the families across the country. That's what I'd really love to do. Okay. All right. Well, I don't, I know some people who do some stuff like that, but usually they're too busy to take on any little thing for me, but uh, perhaps there's somebody listening and you have some technical capabilities. Uh, You work with websites and things of this nature and you want to get in touch with Michelle well, just go to sonslibertymedia.com, click on the contact button at the top, send me an email, make it to Tim, and tell me you need to get in touch with Michelle to help. And then I'll I'll leave that between. I'll send it on to you, Michelle, and then uh, you guys can sort it out. And, uh, you know, I, I can't speak for the people who might uh, write you, but, uh, you know, you guys yeah. can, can kind of vet them as to how you want to do. But, uh, yeah, I do see that you're trying to do that. You're trying to set up that foundation and things. And I think that's a great way to to do some stuff. Is there anything else that you want to uh, interject here, Anthony or Michelle, uh, as we get ready to close out? Uh, well, I, what I'd like to do, Tim, sure. is find some godly, godly good funders who are going to fund this uh, where it will be good for them commercially and also good for humanity. Because I've always said if we can get behind the financial crimes all the other crimes against humanity will fall away because it's who's ever holding the money holds the power. That's right. And that, and that's really kind. And Tim, God bless you. I really appreciate you for, for this show. Yeah, well, you're welcome. And the show is about this is that people who are doing the stuff, so to speak, they're not just standing back and being a victim. They may have been victimized, but they're not going to, they're not going to sit there and say, Oh, I'm a victim. Cry for me. No, they want justice and they want to bring it to the, to those who've done the evil. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about letting justice run down like water, righteousness like a mighty stream. And again, God does see what these people are doing to you. What, you know, God forbid they would have done something to your children out of this, because in America, we've had stories where, you know, you you get in a certain situation financially and stuff, and they'll come take your kids. And then they start taking your kids and they start selling them off you know, in adoptions and they get, they get bonuses and they throw parties for doing stuff like that. Families that haven't even hurt their, their kids or anything. And I know, cause I dealt with for about nine months, my own family with CPS here over things that they shouldn't have been in here for. And I had the guy who laid the brick on for my house, had 10 kids, him and his wife. They, they even crossed county lines and went in and took his kids from him. Uh, so it's, you know, you're, you're very fortunate is just the, the asset stuff and not your family that went after it. Um, but, uh, but I know there are places where they do that. They do go after the family as well. Um, was there something else you want to add in here? Um, and we're happy to have you on anytime as this thing progresses. Um, you've got my email. Let me know. We'll be glad to bring you back on. Hopefully some, some good and, and victorious news over that and exposing the crime. But, boy, it's, it's going to take a fight. So if there are people out there that can help, again, Click on the contact button at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Get in touch with me. I'll send it over to Michelle and and let you guys get in touch with each other. Any final words? Anthony? 
Um, um, no, I have not, nothing to add. I think I've said my piece. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. All right. Well, if if people had a hard enough time catching everything going on, all these documents are going to be at sonsoflibertymedia.com. We'll put it in an archive, just like we do all the morning shows. You'll be able to go through it and look at it. Maybe you're one of the, the people who've been a victim of um, you know, these banks and uh, and other people trying to steal your estate, stealing your money. Uh, you want to take a look at this and you want to give encouragement to Michelle and to Anthony and what they're doing and uh, and be a part of the, the solution and not the problem, then be sure to check that out later this morning at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Again, Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. You guys hang on and I'll say goodbye to you after the show here. And uh, Lord willing, I'm going to be back with you. It'll be Wednesday, Rotten of the Core Wednesday. We're going to have our Common Core David Lynn Taylor on to show us what else government is sticking their nose in that they have no business in. Uh, we'll see you then.